Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. God is good and all the time. We are continuing on in our series, focusing for a bit on the work of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And today, we want to offer the invitation that God has offered, and so on His behalf, you're invited to faithfulness. You don't have to live in fear, you don't have to live uh, shrinking back, you don't have to live in, in the darkness and the shadows of this broken world. Faith calls you forward. In Galatians 5.22, it, it again explains to us the kinds of things the Spirit of God produces in our lives when we are willing. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Verse 24 says, those who belong to, this, to the Uh, to, to Christ Jesus, that is, who have made the choice to let themselves be loved and have begun the faith journey, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so you need to know that the scripture also says that the flesh is at war with the spirit and the two are contrary. So you and I have to make a fundamental choice about the direction of our lives. Are we going to live a life based on our broken flesh and its fallen desires, or upon the Spirit of God. Because they are not compatible, they do not coexist. And so, we have to make a choice to crucify our flesh and open the doors of our lives to the work of the Holy Spirit who produces faithfulness in us. Verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. I want us just to focus on this word faithfulness today. Faith whatness? Fullness. Fullness. Now I want you to to hold on to that, faithfulness. So so that the, the work of the Holy Spirit is to empower and inspire a life of faith, trusting God every day in every way. I want you just to say that with me, every day in every way. Faithfulness, not on the edges of life, not a a little bit, you know, on Sundays, but the work of the Holy Spirit of God is to make us full of faith every day in every way. And so I want to be real clear what I want to ask you to do today as a result of hearing in, in our time together. I want you to trust God's heart, okay? And we're going to unpack that a little bit as we talk about what trusting God means, because I think this is going to be, for some of us, a little bit of a direction change. But I want you to trust God's heart every day, in every way, and, and to allow 360-degree faith to become a seven-day-a-week reality, so that, so that the work of, of God is unopposed, and, and it's comprehensive, and it fills all my life to the fullness of, of Christ. See, the issue in this isn't us trying to produce faith. 
You know, I'm not asking you to work on being faithful. I'm asking you to let the Spirit do the work of faithfulness in your life. I'm asking you to make some choices that allow the power of God to work. I'm asking you to depend upon the grace and mercy of God and allow the grace and mercy of God to do its work so that the Holy Spirit of God can fill you with all faithfulness and a clear vision of the heart of God. Hebrews 11 is a great chapter on faith. You need to read it, right? And it is the hall of fame of God's faithful people. And one of the, the, uh, the realities of Hebrews chapter 11 is you see all of these different contexts and different circumstances of people living faith, but, but everybody who trusts God finished well. I'm not saying had it easy on earth or, or you know, we're, I'm just saying here are the winners defined. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is 360 degrees. Yeah, we can't see some of the things that we hope for, but, but we have confidence in them. And there's a whole lot in life we don't see, and, and the reference here in Scripture when it talks about sight is not just to visual cues. It's about rational understanding. It's about our way of thinking and living. And the Scripture is saying that faith is comprehensive in all of life, whether we can see it and understand it, or not. Verse 3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Um, it was this unexplainable word of God that, that produces matter. Faith is, is comprehensive. Uh, everything that, that exists was made by God. And our response to life is to believe that God is in all, over all, before all, and after all. And so the kinds of faith I'm asking you to have isn't Sunday school faith. It isn't yesterday's faith. It isn't somebody else's faith. It is a new vision of the heart of God. And, and now uh, I, I'm making the hard choices to, to choose God over my broken flesh and my fallen desires and to allow the third person of the Trinity to dwell in my heart unhindered to produce a life full of faith. Verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him, listen to this, sounds so basic, but it's, it's, it's what we don't do, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Oh, well, Pastor Drew, I believe far more than that. Mm, do we? When God calls me to do something and I am terrified, what's happened in my life? I shrunk my God. And I'm acting like he doesn't exist. That he isn't the God of gods, the King of kings, the Alpha and the Omega. But anyone who comes to God must believe, have a rock-solid foundation, a confidence that this God spoke reality into being, that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That your faith is not in vain. No amount of trust exercised towards God ever goes unrewarded. It cannot. Water will be wet. Faith will be rewarded. This verse says to me, faith is absolutely necessary. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so I want to define um, 
what faith is, you know, just offer another explanation of, of what faith is, okay? Um, and, and I would define faith as in this way. Faith is our response to the revelation of God's heart. Faith is, is my choice. How do I respond, you know, when, when, when God's heart is shown to me? The first time uh, Marsha ever said she loved me, my response in that moment was pretty critical to the future of our relationship, right? Thing could go up or the thing could go down pretty quickly. Well, that's nice. faith is our whole life response to the revelation of God's heart and and, and I want you to to focus on the heart of God in in this thing we're going to unpack that if I was going to define what revelation is it's a a, you know a favorite word of mine Our, our purpose is to make as many disciples How? By creatively revealing the love of the Father through the life of the Son in the power of the Spirit. And so what is this revelation thing? Well, it's it's kind of a, you know, it's in your notes so um, you can think on it uh, after. But, But I would define revelation this way. It is the partial and sufficient unveiling And each of those words is rich, partial because if God were to reveal all that he were, you and I would be destroyed. You and I can no more stand in the presence of God's infinite power, the power radiating from him and all of his holiness than we could stand on the surface of the sun. And so God God mediates, God mitigates, God veils. And the irony even in that is that even God's veiling is a revelation. In the Old Testament, when the people were called to, uh, to prepare themselves for the revelation of God, um, at the very beginning of their journey in the tabernacle days, he called them to the feet of the mountain. And there at the foot of the mountain, they were to consecrate themselves for three days. And, and the arafel of God, a beautiful Hebrew word, the thick darkness of God revealed the presence of God on the mountain. Even the darkness reveals the Father. Even his hiddenness reveals his presence. And so it is the partial and yet sufficient. It's not that we lack enough to know or respond or to say yes to God. Unveiling, and again, unveiling, uh, you can think of this in in your own creative way, um, but, but, but imagine being out in the woods uh, in the dark and the sun slowly begins to rise and the shadows begin to fade. That's the work of revelation. So it's the partial and sufficient unveiling of the existence and truth of who God is, given as an invitation to a transforming relationship of joyful love. And this is what God has done with revelation since the beginning of time. Faith is just our response to the revelation of God's great heart, his good heart. And it's, it's so vital, it's personal. I want you to understand today that, that, that faith is not calculated religious ideas that we control. You know, faith is not merely doctrine, that, you know, ideas about God that, that you're sure of. Faith is disruptive. Faith is personal. It's you coming face to face by faith with God. 
and, and hearing his invitation to disrupt your life, to take your brokenness and make it whole, to take over your life. How, how you know, honestly, you know, you can think of this way, how arrogant is God to want to take control of my life? Well, a better question would be how arrogant am I to want to keep it? But, but faith is personal. It's very, very personal. It's face-to-face. It's heart-to-heart. It, it's, it's coming into the, the presence of infinite love and bringing our pain into that presence. John 10, 10, I came that you might have life. In this world, you're not going to find it. But in, in me, you will have life and have it abundantly. It'll overflow. Faith is, is, is heart to heart. That's why I, I don't want us to fall asleep in, in 21st century uh, modern Christianity and think this is all there is. No, this is all there is. And we don't need to look around us and see what other churches are doing. And we don't really even need to look around us and, and see what other, other religious people are doing. We need to look to the revelation of God and see what he did and what he calls us to do, not from, from, from earning, but from being. Coming face to face with God, coming heart to heart is a transforming experience. And, and, and the heart of God is grace and mercy. I mean, that's, that's what the scripture says extremely clearly without any hesitation or relation um, or, 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 you know, veiling at all that, that, that the heart of God is all about just grace and mercy. Second John verse 3 says, grace and mercy and peace from God our Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. And so I'm not calling you today to work harder to be more faithful. I'm I'm calling you today to look to the Father's heart and let him do the work inside of you. Let love do the work of softening your hard heart. Let the blood of Jesus do the the work of sweeping away all of the the ugly of sin and self-hatred. Let the Holy Spirit do the work of coming inside of you and producing a 360 degree faithfulness so that, so that your relationship with God is not one of shelved ideas, but a 360 degree comprehensive every day in every way, I'm trusting the good and great heart of God to lead my life. The heart of God, it's Jesus Christ. It's the beauty and the mystery of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever looks to him, whoever is willing to to have hope in him will not perish. There will be no dying down. There will be no brokenness that that continues to break and and destroy lives and marriages and families. There will be a healing and an uprising. There will be a a, a strength and and a courage. There will be life in a new direction for all of eternity. Because God gave his heart. It's personal. That's why God takes our acceptance personally and he takes our rejection personally. Personally. You know, the, the first time, again, Marcia says she loves me, you know, that's the most vulnerable, you know, unveiled moment that you can have. It's very, very personal. 
So I would simply ask you today, how personal is your faith in God? I mean, how comprehensive, how deep, how far does it go? You know, where, where do you draw the line and say, this is my rights and, and you, you can't have this, God? Or, or what areas of your life do you think God isn't relevant in? Your sexuality, your finances, your job choices, whether you're a racist or not? I mean, where do you draw the lines and say, God, I really don't need you here? Because <laughs> the truth is, when you're drowning and 10 feet underwater, there isn't a single part of you that doesn't need raising above and breathing air. But it's not only personal and heart to heart. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Think about that. God has shown you the best of who he is. God has shown you in your pain and in your hardship and in the hard work of your life, God has shown you that you're not alone, that, that your heart, broken as it is, in pain as it is, is not ignored, overlooked. His heart came to earth to, to invite your heart to come to heaven. And that's, that's our faith. That's why it deserves our best and our all. That's why it isn't something that we need to be tipping God with and and having critical spirits towards other people and, and being casual about this. This is all in. This is everything. This is love. God gave us his heart to invite us to give ours. Have you seen God's heart? For yourself, I mean, personally, have you personally really grasped yet how much you're loved and wanted and valued and, and treasured? And how have you responded to this, this personal invitation? Have you given him your heart? The revelation journey, it's the growing awareness that this is good. <laughs> you know, the, the, the love of God, this is, this is good, this is, this is great. But it's also mind to mind. When we talk about being called to faithfulness, we're not talking about blind faith. This is, this is a revelation. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, Luke 10, 27 says. The Spirit of God reveals uh, Jesus who reveals the Father. And that's, it's all a work of revelation if you understand the Trinity. Father God wants to, to redeem his children. So he sends the Son and, and, and the purpose of the Son is to reveal the Father. And, and, and the Son sends the Spirit. And the purpose of the Son is to reveal, uh, the purpose of the Spirit is to reveal the Son so that we can know the Father. It's all a work of, of beautiful revelation. And, and God works through revelation. Well, Pastor Drew, he hasn't worked in my life. Oh, yes, he has. God has worked through the smallest God thoughts that you have had since you were a child. You know this, right? I want you to think back. There are God thoughts and there are anti-God thoughts in, in your mind. And you've known this, again, since you were little. And we've chosen between those two at times. But the Holy Spirit has revealed um, the Father and the Son to you uh, throughout your life. And again, some of the times, these God thoughts, we don't recognize as God thoughts. And so we, we don't think God is there and he's revealed. But he has and he is and he is still. He reveals uh, himself through the Christ we see in others. God's love puts skin on in the real world, real time, and we see love take the form of somebody whose name we can call, and we recognize something otherworldly about them, and our hearts are drawn towards Jesus, towards God. Again, we can say yes or no, but revelation is happening. 
Revelation is, is happening through the logic and truth woven into creation. Uh, Job 12, 7 through 10 says, Ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds of the air and they will tell you, or speak to the earth and it will teach you. I want you to even be thinking in terms of science and the things that we discover. This is what the verse is talking about. Let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of these does not know that the hand of the I am has done this? And in his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. This is revelation. Psalm 19, 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. That's revelation. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. We receive revelation through Scripture understood. Not Scripture twisted, but when Scripture is understood with the heart of a child, revelation happens and we, we see and revelation happens most clearly and finally when Christ is received. And the revelation path is the growing awareness, not only that this is, this is good news, but this makes sense. Is there anybody here today who, in thinking about your life um, with God and without God, um, in, in the, the possible existence of the, of the God revealed in this book and all the goodness and, and how it makes sense and meaning of life for all time and after time, is there anybody here that, that it's like, man, that, that would be good? And, and is there anybody here who in their journey is, is coming to an increasing understanding um, because you're not shutting down the God thoughts? You're not holding on to the, to the anger that deafens you and the pain that's screaming lies in your head. And, and, and you're looking around and it's making more and more sense. Is there anybody here who, who's growing increasingly to say this, this is making sense? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's revelation. Romans 1.20 says, Ever since the creation of the world, His eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things that God has made so that we are without excuse. Faith is our response to the revelation of God's good heart. And here's what I'm asking you to do today in a whole life way that is disruptive. I want you to trust God's heart not what you understand, um, not what, what you make, uh, can make sense of, not even static doctrines. We're, we're moving beyond dusty, dry religion. We're moving beyond church that only deserves a part of your life. We're moving to you having a vision of the very heart of God in Christ. And come hell or high water, you look to the heart of God and you trust Love. I want you to trust God's heart every day in every way. To make faith not something that you save 
for 911 moments. But faith becomes your Holy Spirit-powered way of life as you let go of your broken and you stop listening to the, 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 the no-God thoughts, as, as you stop listening to the lies of your own lostness and your worthlessness and your hopelessness and you look to the heart of God and you see Jesus and there on the cross you see your worth proved. You see hope. You see the possibility of God to redeem the deadest of things. And you live trusting the heart of God even when you don't understand anything. Talking with a friend the other day and cancer has come back in their life for the second time. They just said, you know, for a moment I I just felt cursed. Which is another way of saying I don't understand the circumstances. Well, here's the truth. I'm not asking you to understand the circumstances. I'm asking you understand the heart of God in Christ who's going to redeem all the circumstances in the end will you make faith your 360 degree way from this point forward Romans 14 23 says everything that's not of faith is sin it's all got to be of faith I want to make some new beginnings today. We're, we're celebrating a lot of new beginnings here in the Church of Severn and on staff. I want you personally to make a new beginning today. First of all, for some of you here to begin a heart relationship with God through Christ. Not a head relationship. Not a partial relationship. But your own response to the revelation of the heart of God and, and, and seeing love lived in Christ to inspire you to live love for Christ the rest of your life. Trusting God in every area of your life. Your life no longer yours. It's now given to Jesus. Is there anybody here who'd be willing to give their heart to Jesus believing he gave his heart for you? Pastor Drew, how do I do that? It's very simple. You just ask. You just ask and invite and you mean it and he answers and it's done. In the back of the worship folder, there's a, a very clear way that you can do that. You may have come with some other believers or know somebody else. You can have a conversation with them about that. You may want to have a conversation with us. Just mark it on the card and we'll have that conversation. But, but don't get tripped up in the how because honestly, that's, that's a dodge. You pray and he answers and it's done. And for the rest of us, I'm asking you to become the church of the living God on earth in the 21st century. Not a religion, not a denomination, not a a sometimes group of attenders, but a seven day a week, everywhere, every day, trusting God all the time, community of Christ followers. And to begin a bigger life of trusting God's God's heart. So why don't you say one one more time with me. Every day, every way, every day, every way. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is our commitment to you that we will trust your heart. And I pray, Father, 
that your Holy Spirit would be given free reign in each of our hearts, that as we are having God thoughts in these moments, that none of us here would say no, none of us would slam the door in the face of the Holy Spirit, but that we would open the door and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to let faith rise, and God, that our heart would respond with an eternal yes to the gift of your heart in Christ. God, may faith rise a hundredfold in the body of Christ at Seven Run. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand and let's respond. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big. Thank you.